0: So, uh, Sophia, come and say something good to these people.
1: Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. To turn it on? Yeah, it's, on. it's on. Okay. Um, thank you, Ian. The whole series that we've been doing about heaven coming to earth—you know—it's moved me. It's made me so aware that God's presence is with me all the time. It's just I haven't always been aware of it all the time. But the truth is that he is with us and he will never leave us nor ever forsake us. And there's power in that as you go through your day, all the little things that you do. You know, you can call on God 24-7. He is there for us. And, you know, to bring heaven to earth, I need the presence of God, just as we experienced it here this morning. You know, through the week, Ian and myself have been talking about the many times we have seen God's presence just invade the presence, um, come in, in such a powerful way that what we thought was impossible, all of a sudden was possible. You know? It's just God is the God of the impossible. And we remembered this couple that um, a few years ago, we were in Kaitaia, the power of God's presence when heaven came to earth on this family. Just a young couple. She had one little two-year-old girl, and she was pregnant with her second one, and she was about to give birth, and she went to hospital with a lady that I knew from the church. One lady that was Mandy, and the lady from my church was Yvette. They met in the birthing ward at the hospital and had two or three days. That was it. You know, they both delivered babies. Then a few months later, they banged into each other in a supermarket. And they kind of said, hello, hello. And a vet was on her way to her mother's group. She was just stopping to buy some morning tea and ran into Mandy. And Mandy wanted to talk. How was it going with the baby? And then they kind of got this comment. Why don't you come with me, says a Come to the mother's group with me. It's for everybody. So they went to the church community hall and they were having mainly music which is a children's programme. I've never been, but they went to mainly music. So Yvette took Mandy to this, and the children, the little wee girl and the baby, and it was just all kind of, and it was just all these mothers with things in common. They spent a couple of hours together. She really enjoyed it. The little girl loved it. The music that was there and the dancing and the little children's programme, and it was just like, it was so easy for Mandy to go back again the second week. And the third week, and she developed friendships. There's about 30 women in this group with lots of babies. And she developed friendships in there. But while she was there, there were people there that had heaven in their hearts. And it drew her into God's presence. And, you know, she heard the gospel. She heard it preached. And she came to church on a Sunday morning, and she gave her life to the Lord and heaven came down on her that day. Her little girls, week after week, the, the song that was all the rage at that time was a song called One Way, Jesus, da da that's your All I Need, that song, that was the real. And Mandy had bought the DVD and played it on her television at home. So at breakfast time, the girls were dancing away to One Way, Jesus. Well, Dad was there. He was the, a senior teacher at the college in Kaitaia. And he listened to this and he watched the little girls dance and he was happy that his wife was happy and and his children were happy, but no way was he going to have anything to do with it. That's fine for them, not interested. He was totally not interested. And I remember being with Mandy. She came through my foundations and we prayed that God would touch her husband, but he was adamant that it was not for him. He had known about religion and he didn't want it. No, thank you very much. But he found himself, he told me this later, he found himself driving to school singing one way, Jesus. <laughs> and it was the children's songs. He caught himself singing because it was just so catchy, you know. But he carried on. No, he, when he caught himself, he would stop. Anyway, the, the, the custom and at the college, because I taught there on Friday afternoons, the teachers would gather together and they'd have a few drinks before they went home. So drinks went on and um, this guy, he was, he was all into this and he liked to have a drink with all his colleagues um, afterward. and he was usually the one who stayed the longest and tried to get others to stay longer with him too. But one particular Friday night, he was having drinks and he was quite a few extra, but he put some in the car. He wasn't ready to go home. So he drove himself to Ahipada Beach, beer in the back, you know, opened a bottle and just sat quietly in his car, late on a Friday night, thinking, I suppose, not so much thinking, not so much thinking, probably a little bit. And in the darkness, in the darkness, when he was sitting there, the presence and the glory of God came into the car with him. He was overwhelmed, He blubbered, he cried, he didn't know what he was thinking, but he knew that Jesus was there. Whether the thought from Jesus one way, you're the only way, came back to him or whatever, but the presence of God met him in the car that night. Heaven came down and changed him. He doesn't remember how long he'd been there or what happened. He doesn't even remember driving home. But when he got home, his wife took one look and prayed with him. What was impossible was possible with God. God will invade the impossible. Ian's going to share with us today. Hopefully, you're ready to receive and build up your faith because our God is a great and mighty God. Amen. Yeah, that
0: man was... Totally and completely changed. From the drive from Ayapara back to his home in Kayataya, God met him and invaded the impossible, and he was changed. The whole family was changed. To see them in church, just, and he was so hungry for everything that God could give to him. Yes, we're going to talk about, how, I mean, how, how many people here have experienced heaven coming down and seen? Something good happened in in, in, in their situation, in their life. Yeah, we've we've all experienced something, haven't we? And it's it's a great thing. Uh, This series of of bringing heaven to earth has been so good, and uh, the one before it, uh, the kingdom of God, and something good is happening in this place. Uh, God is doing some good work here among us. Amen? And we just need to be open and available Uh, Because God is the God of the impossible. We've been singing that Jesus won the victory. Yes? The victory has been won. uh, There is no doubt about it. The devil has been uh, stripped of his authority. And and angels, uh, demon powers have have been rendered powerless. And uh, so we need to enter into that victory as a church. You know, when we're singing today, the church is a church triumphant. Yes? And you can f- sense that as we were praising God uh, this morning. Yeah. And, and the passion of Jesus was that the kingdom of God might come. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. And he says, "Pride, let your kingdom come. Yeah. Let the rule of God happen. Let yeah. It, yeah. your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth. Hallelujah. Just like it is. Where? In heaven. heaven. And it's possible to see heaven come down. It's normal to see heaven come down. Hallelujah. And change different situations. And the Bible is the record, God's record of over the centuries, how that God intervened in people's lives and in people's situations that heaven came down again and again and again as we read the book and uh, released people into the perfect will of God. Yeah. Remember when the people of Israel were in uh, Egypt and God sent the plagues and then uh, the, the, the angel of death came through and the, the people were delivered from slavery, 400 years. It was impossible for them to get out of that. But God led them out, hallelujah, and brought them out with a shout of victory. We heard the other morning about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the, in the fiery furnace, yes? And the fourth man came down. The fourth man came down and delivered them out of that situation. It was impossible. Daniel in the lion's den thrown because he refused to stop praying and serving as God. And the king threw him into the, into the lion's den and, 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 and Daniel said when he came out, he said, God sent his angel down. And shut the lion's mouth. Hallelujah. And there's times when there is the, the, the roaring of that enemy of the purpose of God. And uh, we need to shut his mouth. Hallelujah. From whispering uh, deception and lies and, and fear into people's hearts and into people's homes. David faced Goliath and heaven came down and so did the, the Goliath. The, the time when, the, when Samaria was under siege. And uh, the people were starving. They were uh, begun to eat their own children, and, and they, they, it was in a terrible, terrible situation. I don't think we have any concept of what a, a siege going on for year after year would be like in that situation. And then uh, that day, that night, heaven opened, and the armies, the sieging armies heard the sound of heaven. They said, oh, there's chariots, and there's a huge army coming. And I think God just opened the windows of heaven. I think they were praising God and worshipping God, but they didn't know what that was. And they ran for their life, and the lepers found that the siege had been broken. And then heaven came down, and Jesus was born. God sent his only beloved son into this world, and born of a virgin, the impossible happened. Heaven invaded earth, and the Son of God came down in the form of of a little child. And he grew, and and he began to walk the earth. And wherever he walked, uh, heaven opened. Uh, We heard the other Sunday that there were angels ascending and descending wherever he went. The sick were healed. The the blind could see. The lame sprung to life. Uh, The dead were raised. and, and, And heaven came. Heaven just began to, wherever Jesus went, heaven uh, burst open. Then he went to the cross, and on the cross as he hung between heaven and earth, the blood of Jesus, God's son, was shed, and hallelujah, the impossible happened. Mankind could be born again by the Spirit of God. Our sins piling up against us, blocking heaven's best, keeping us out of heaven's glory, Uh, only judgment to come upon us. Impossible to reach to God, but God reached to us. Hallelujah. And the impossible became gloriously possible. The devil was defeated. Hallelujah. Death was defeated. And Jesus rose triumphant, taking the keys of death and of hell and rose again. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I have the keys of death and of hell. Then, 50 days later, the church was born. There came a sound. They were praying, those disciples locked away for fear of the Jews, and they were praying, 120 of them, and just waiting to see what God would do. And then there came a sound from heaven. And it filled the room where they were and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and they spilled out onto the streets worshipping and praising God and the church was born and that day as Peter preached, 3,000 people came and gave their lives and honoured Jesus as their Saviour and Lord. Heaven came down. The church was birthed by a powerful invasion of heaven. And uh, it was like that. And then we read the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is really the acts of Jesus continuing on as he uh, helps and, 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 and ministers to people. And, and Paul, uh, Peter was, was uh, the preacher. And he, he was uh, going everywhere and healing the sick. And it says here, it was about this time in Acts chapter 12, uh, that the King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And this happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. And Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison in the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists, and the church is praying. And the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so, and wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself. And said, "Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent His angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating." When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked at the door at the uh, at the entrance, uh, at the outer entrance. And a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it. And exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. This is the church praying in faith. <laughs> Believing God for Peter, for Peter to be set free from the prison. Peter turns up at the door. Rhoda goes in and opens the latch. Oh, it's Peter. Runs back inside and says, it's Peter. It, he, he, he's out there. Peter, Peter's there. Don't be so stupid, they said. We, we've been praying all night. Uh, but um, this couldn't happen. This is impossible. Say, <laughs> Sound familiar? Sound familiar? When we hear the declaration of what others say and we hear the words that speak doom and destruction and, and, and uh, all sorts of impossibilities, we pray and... Shrink back. But Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise again from the dead for his sons and his daughters to shrink back from impossibility. He says, rise up and invade that impossibility. Hallelujah. With man, things might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You're out of your mind, they told her, when she kept insisting that it was so, and they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Church, are we ready for some astonishing moments in the months that lie ahead? Where we stand there and say, Whoa, did you see that as heaven comes down? Have you seen what's happened to that family? Have you seen what Jesus has done for that person? We're astonished, and it's no use just praying and praying if we're going to just be saying, well, it couldn't happen. We might as well pack up shop now. Jesus said that we were anointed to open prison doors. Hallelujah. We were anointed to heal the sick. We were anointed to deliver the oppressed. And we can't just sit back and say, well, well, that's impossible. Hallelujah, it's not impossible. Jesus is the Lord of impossibility. And he says, "We have anointed you as my sons and as my daughters, as the church triumphant to go out and make a difference and not just accept uh, the, the, the status quo, but break through the status quo in Jesus' name and expect uh, the Lord to work with us in signs and wonders. And in verse 24, it says, but the word of God continued to increase and to spread. Hallelujah. Oh yes, things can be different. The sons and daughters of God, we've been sharing about this in Manor, uh the last couple of weeks about being a son or a daughter of the living God and I, I, I'm expecting faith to arise in, in the hearts of those dear people that come to that. Uh, but as sons of God, we're born again, adopted into God's family, and, and we are given the keys of the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19, uh, Jesus addresses the church and he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, Will be loosed in heaven. Yes. Amen. Jesus repeats this statement a couple of chapters later in Matthew chapter 18, and he says, and he says again, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There are keys to moving in the miraculous, hallelujah, and to setting uh, situations right. And in that passage, of, he goes on, he says, whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound. And he says, if two of you shall agree touching anything, it shall be done. Then the next verse says, if you gather, if two or three of you gather in my name, I will be there. And he is the Lord of the impossible. And so we need to understand that when we gather and when we agree together, when we harmonize, that word agree means to harmonize together, that things happen together in the realm of the Spirit. You know, when we come to church, we need to expect God to do things. Hallelujah. While we're sitting, the other other week I was told, uh, as I was preaching, someone got wonderfully set free just sitting in the seat as the preaching of the Word was going on. And we need to sit in that uh, expectancy of faith that God is in the house. Hallelujah. And things can happen. Now, with keys... You can either open a door or you can lock a door. Yes, that's what keys do. In life, there are some situations that need locking away. The door needs to be closed and locked on some situations that are causing difficulties. There are other situations where the keys need to be applied to open the doors. Hallelujah to the purpose of God. And Jesus said that the church, which is his body, has the authority to do both. Now, those words, bind and loose, are interesting words. And in different versions of the Bible, they are translated in different ways. Up on the screen, I hope, it says this. In one of the translations, have I got that? The binding and loosing ones? No, keep going. Next one. You haven't got that? Okay. All right, so that bit's been missed out. Okay, whatever you forbid on earth, one one translation uh, of the Bible says this, where it says whatever you bind on this is whatever you forbid on earth, heaven will forbid. Another version says whatever you prohibit on earth, heaven will prohibit. You see, sometimes we need to forbid stuff from happening. We need to stand up and say, no, that will not happen in the name of Jesus. And we forbid it. We hold it. We bind it. We stop it. from. And Jesus says, whatever you forbid on earth, heaven will forbid. Whatever you prohibit is that sort of a strong word. And then it goes on and it says, whatever you loose. And uh, the same translation says, whatever you allow on earth, heaven will allow. Moffat's translation says, whatever you permit on earth, heaven will permit. See, sometimes we just simply, through passivity, being passive, we allow stuff to happen that Jesus never intends to happen. And the enemy comes in. And he tries to invade our situations with all sorts of rubbish and nonsense and starts to put things in our minds and in our, our hearts and begins to fill us with fear and begins to cause uh, broken relationships and everything. And Jesus said, if you allow that to happen, heaven will allow it. You're a son of the living God. As husbands, you're ahead you're a of the home. As wives, you have authority in your home. And if you and I just sit there and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about this. Oh, gosh, it's getting worse. I don't think we can do anything. This is impossible. Well, if you allow it to happen, it'll just keep happening. If you permit things to happen, heaven will permit them. See, sometimes we think that Jesus should intervene. But hey, he's given you the authority over your area of influence. You are in charge. When you walk into your home, you are in charge. Hallelujah. You don't have to just sit back and say, oh, well, whatever will be, oh, dear, this is going to be awful. (laughs) Let's talk about that. Come on, love, let's talk about this for a while. It's awful. Oh, yes, it's terrible. It's getting worse. A week later, you're still talking about it. And Jesus said, prohibit it. Bind it up. Stop those things from happening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And expect God to, if you'll, if you, Prohibit, heaven will prohibit it. If you allow things to happen, heaven will stand back and say, they're going to learn the lesson the hard way. (laughs) See, man, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, man was created to have dominion. He was created in God's image and he was created to have dominion over all the things of the earth. But you see, man lost the right to rule by disobeying God and submitting to Satan. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross and his blood was shed and he rose from the dead to defeat death and the devil and to strip principalities and powers and hosts of demon spirits of their power and authority. And he introduces the kingdom of God, the rule of God on earth, that kingdom where there will be no end. Then he gives the keys of that kingdom to the church. He says, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. The influence that the devil and his demons have is simply one of deception. He is defeated. He just refuses to acknowledge it. He tries to throw doubt on the word of God and make people believe that they have no power over him. Listen, these devils, they are liars and there is no truth in them. When circumstances lock the gates around us and when sickness and poverty begin to chain us to a life of misery and lost opportunity, when frustration and disappointment begin to drain the strength out of us, when hindrances and blockages arise to cut off the express will of a good God, then it's time for you and I, as sons and daughters of the living God, to rise up and to bind and to prohibit such inroads of darkness. It is time to forbid, and it is time to inhibit and stop the nefarious workings of the devil and his demons to take a stand against these things. It is time through prevailing Holy Spirit anointed prayer to insist on heaven's best and to loose the kingdom of God into such situations, to bring heaven to earth. You see, the Holy Spirit longs to invade such life-threatening situations with the life and Power and bring the love of God into rotten relationships and to bring the healing power of Jesus into broken bodies and bring financial blessing into family businesses. Just to bring that miracle that brings hope yes. into our lives. And the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, He will do those things when called upon to do so. He awaits the invitation of his sons and his daughters. And he looks for faith. He looks for the heartfelt cry of invitation. He longs to bring heaven's best to you. He really does. He longs to invade the limitations and the restrictions set by human thinking and enter those places that are locked away by the devil's lies and deceit. I remember getting a phone call from a friend of mine who I'd been with when I was in Blenheim and they had moved to Tauranga and he was uh, teaching up in uh, Bethlehem School there at at the time and and, uh, I got this phone call and uh, he said, can you come? I said, what's happened? He said, "Our, our daughter, Jolene, has been in a terrible car accident. She was coming home and in her little car and driving home, and a Mercedes ran head on into her and smashed the car to pieces. And he says, She's in, she's in Auckland Hospital and she's in intensive care, but they really don't give her much chance of pulling through. And uh, so uh, I went and I came into this intensive care room and and, and there is this beautiful girl with long blonde hair lying in the hospital bed with tubes coming out. And, and, and uh, I said, what, what's this? She has serious brain damage. Uh, she's on. She cannot breathe. She needs assistance in breathing. And, they, and, and anyway, it was there. And he said, Ian, here's this dear mum and, 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 and the father. He said, "Would you come?" and and I brought some anointing oil because Jesus said, if you know, James said, if he's sick, let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise them up. So we stood there, and I anointed that girl with oil, just put my hands on her, and we prayed together. I said, "Lord Jesus, invade this impossible situation." Well, time went on, and She was in a coma for for days and days. And uh, they were facing, they were asked to consider stopping the uh, breathing system and so that she would pass on. And uh, they just, as you could understand, were hesitant to do that. And uh, so the time, and I went back. I went back, probably I don't know, a number of times. I remember just sitting there by her and saying, Lord Jesus, Come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. One day, they said, well, she can't survive. But if she does wake up, she'll be probably very badly damaged. One day, she woke up. After about 12 days, I think it was, she woke up and she said, why am I here? The nurses rushed in, apparently. Jolene just recovered. She just took about weeks to come. But Jolene came. She had some speech difficulties for about a a few months, and she overcame those. Today she's married with children, and she's fine. Hallelujah. You see, we can just let things happen. But there are times when the Holy Spirit wants us to take a stand. (coughs) He says, if you'll do your part, I'll do mine. He says, you anoint with oil, I'll raise them up. You lay hands on the sick, I'll heal them. We can't do his part and he can't do our part. So we need to be there. We are not called to just passively accept everything that's thrown against us. There comes the time when you need to grab your wife's hand and say, grab your husband's hand and say, enough's enough. We're not putting up with this any longer. We're going to believe God for our kids. We're going to believe God for a breakthrough. We're going to believe God, although it looks impossible. Hallelujah. That the, the enemy comes in and just tries to rob you of the best. But I tell you in Jesus' name, they come to, if two of you shall agree touching anything, hallelujah, it shall be done. There's times when we hold hands and we stand together and we say, Lord, intervene in our situations. Hallelujah. Yeah. And we call upon heaven. We prohibit, we bind up the work of the devil. Hallelujah. And we stop him from working in Jesus' mighty name over our circumstances. We loose heaven to come, hallelujah, and invade that impossible situation. Amen. Glory to God. And, uh, so, and this is what we do. And then there's times where we need to say to the life group, come on, life group. We're facing an impossible situation here. Uh, where two of or three of us would gather together, there Jesus said, I'll be. And together we stand and we say, no, we will not accept the status quo. We will not accept the fears that start to creep into our hearts and into our homes. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we, 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 we loose heaven's best into this situation. God wants you and I to invade the impossible through believing prayer, hallelujah. Jesus said to ask and to keep on asking. And that doesn't mean that you keep on asking for the same thing a zillion times till you're hoarse and you can't think. And, and he says, no, keep asking for different things. You know, Jesus would say, don't just, just you, know, you don't have to get God's arm up his back and say, no, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray a zillion times till you give in. No, doesn't need to, you don't need to twist his arm. You ask and you believe, hallelujah, and then you, you say, Well, Lord, we've committed that to you, and, and, and so there it is. And, and uh, then when we've asked, what do you do? We begin to praise him in anticipation of the answer. See, there's all kinds of praying. Praying is not just asking till you're blue in the face. Until you're getting frustrated, you ask, hallelujah, you agree together, then you work, move into praise. You start praising God. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. It's on the way, hallelujah. Then, when you've praised God in faith, you need to start declaring the answer, as it would be in heaven. This is the will of God. You pick, pull out some scriptures that are appropriate to this. By, like we were say, you were saying, by his stripes we are healed. We were singing it this morning. Hallelujah. And you begin to stand on the promises of God and you begin to declare them and you begin to prophesy them. Hallelujah. (laughs) Begin to speak them in faith. Hallelujah. I prophesy over this church. When I'm praying, I don't just keep asking the Lord to bless, excite church. I say, Lord, be blessed church in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the will of God for this church. Hallelujah. And we declare it and we begin to speak. Then once we've done all that and then we begin to bind every hindering spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember when I was looking for a house, I couldn't get a house. It was impossible for us to buy a house when we moved to Auckland. we moved from Blenheim. We had sold our house. But my goodness, there was a little bit of difference between a house in Blenheim and a house in Auckland. And we couldn't get there. And I remember sitting there in the room and the Holy Spirit came in there and said, What are you doing? You you need to get a house. I said, I'm trying to get a house, but I can't. He said, Well, you better. Because if you can't even provide a house for your family, you'll never build the church I've called you to build. You haven't got faith for that. And so, so I, thought, and I got up and I thanked God for it. I prayed, God, I loosed the house. I bound the devil. I said, Luke, get your hand off my house. In the name of Jesus, sat down after about 20 minutes of declaring and praising and thanking God for my house. And then I sat down ah, and the phone went. He said, I you remember you came to see our house three months ago. I said, yes, do you still want it? Yes. He said, I want you to have it. I said, Yes. I said, But I haven't got enough money. Don't say that, he said, Just come. And we moved into that house a few weeks later. See, it happens. We need to invade the impossible. (laughs) Faith laughs at impossibilities and shouts, It shall be done. Sieges can be broken through the church. Have we got Ephesians 3 8 and 11? And we'll just have that quickly. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration to say, what is all this about? Which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. God wants to make it through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This is in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus. You see, it's through the church that God gets things done. God doesn't have plan B. It's through the church that rulers and authorities are to be told where they sit, and where they can go. Hallelujah. It's through the church. Romans tells us the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Sieges can be broken. Sieges can be broken. Longstanding things that have stood against the purpose and will of God for you can be broken. Hallelujah. I remember I remember one, Sunday I was preaching on sieges can be broken. And, and uh, at the end I said, we're going to pray. We're going to agree. If two of us shall agree, it shall be done. I said, if you'd be facing a long standing difficulty, a long standing thing that just seems impossible, then let's believe God together. Hallelujah. And let's see heaven come and change the situation. And, I said, you know, we're going to believe together, church. I said, well, let's all stand together. And they all stood together. And I said, if you're facing a long standing situation, just step out into the aisle. And uh, we're going to pray together. And several hundred people stood out in the aisle, and we just began to pray. And I said, "The Holy Spirit, just go down." And I went down the aisle and laid heads. Well, standing there was Debbie and Stephen. They were barristers and lawyers. They had their own. They were had their own company, and they were facing. I didn't know any about this. They were facing a court case, and they. They'd made a mistake on a date. And they'd put the wrong date on some documents, and that meant that a business had been had cost this particular huge company millions of dollars and a lost opportunity. And the man, uh, the businessman, was suing Debbie and Stephen for millions. They would be wiped out financially there was no way and this guy apparently had been going on for months into uh, over a year and he said, no I'm going for preliminary No, nah, we're going to go we're going to take it we're going to and they try to appease the man and try and work around it and strike a deal no nah, no nah. you are going to pay for this this has cost me and you will pay for it he said well, you know, we're, we know we we've did it wrong and we're willing to pay but, but you know be 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 lenient. No. Monday, is going to be the final court case, and they're going to go down the gurgler. He, they stand together, holding their hands out on the aisle. And I went past. I just went to the hand. Just said, "Lord, we bind every situation." We just went down back down the aisle. Went home. Monday comes. They get up heavy and hard. sitting at home, waiting to go to the court case. 11 o'clock, the phone goes. Good morning. It's so-and-so. Oh, hi. He said, I've decided to drop the case. Stephen said, he said, Tom, he said, I said, why? He said, I don't know, really. He said, but well, I've been troubled all yesterday. He said, I've been uneasy all night. I've woken up this morning. He said, I cannot go ahead with this. He says, What does that mean? He said, I'm dropping everything. Everything. I'm not taking it to court. It's over. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He can break any siege. He says, stand together, church. If two of you will agree, if a few others will gather and agree, then there is nothing that is impossible. Are you really a Christian? I I, I woke up with a sense that sometimes we sit in church and you can, you can sit in church for a long time but really not ever break through and just really totally throw everything into the the van. (laughs) And so I'm going to commit my life 100%. You can skirt around the fringes of Christianity. You can believe in it but there comes a time when you've got to jump in. Where you've got to say, yes, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You are the savior of the world. I need to be committed and give my life to you. Hallelujah. And if you're not sure about that, then why don't you make sure this morning? And let me pray with you. Let me agree with you. Let me lead you in a, a, a prayer after the service, and and just cement the thing and nail it down, and say, "Yes, I will be. I will be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ." Hallelujah, He's worth following. Yeah. Then afterwards, I want to pray for people. I want to pray for some long-standing things. Hallelujah that haven't budged yet, but I have the joy of, hallelujah, God wants to do some impossible things among us, hallelujah.